Well, I guess the part I'd like to start with is really in the area of, I guess, one word I would say is the word reaction. The biggest impediment that I've always found to whether it's literally a person's spiritual growth or literally just their own sanity or emotional health or physical health is literally how they deal with reaction. And that's really the, the biggest thing that I would really encourage everybody to look at, obviously along the lines of what Jim was just sharing, is to see when we go into reaction, and I say when we go into reaction, because we do. This journey that we speak of in ILM, of this path of sound and light and this return of the soul home to God in working with loving, accepting, and forgiving is not about avoiding reaction or trying to stop it for that matter. It's like trying to stop judging. Does anybody know how to stop judging? Everybody just does it, even unconsciously. I mean, like, all the time. So it's not about how to stop it or avoid it. It's how do we handle it? How do we deal with it? What do we do with it that I have found is what makes the difference? And to me, that's a lot of what I hear Jim sharing, is that difference in how he has handled it that has created that state of calm and balance and, let's just say, a great clarity of how to move forward that is always going to be more uplifting and loving rather than one based upon panic and fear. First of all, panic and fear is what creates the reaction. When we allow ourselves to go into reaction based upon what we hear, what we see, what we, in a sense, perceive or experience, even if it's not just in the world around us, but just in our own thoughts and our own feelings and our own imagination, what we do in ourselves, literally, the dreams we have. How many times have you actually had a dream and you wake up out of that dream feeling the fear and the panic of the dream itself? What's the difference between that and when you feel it in the world based upon what somebody says or does? Right there is an indicator to let you know it's all inside of you. It's not based upon outer circumstances. Reaction is based upon inner circumstances. What is running within us? But then as Jim was saying, always choosing God first to God only. How often do we really choose that? Do we even know how to choose that? That's a big key right there. How do we even choose God first and God only? And therein, I think, is one of the biggest benefits of really learning an action of meditation like we do in ILM, in learning spiritual principles and teachings based upon loving, accepting, and forgiving. That's a big key right there. If you don't really have an understanding or an education in those actions of spirit, now's the time to really immerse yourself more. It's an opportunity. A lot of people look at actions going on in the world like this as a, a travesty, a devastation. But what if that's not what it really is? What if these things that go on like this are actually opportunities, opportunities for greater change, not change based upon destruction and fear, but maybe opportunities based upon loving and accepting and forgiving that gets us to really look inside of ourselves and what we're doing, how we live, what we believe. Or are we just running things 
by habit, unconsciously, just doing what we're taught, reacting the way we were taught to react. Well, this is what people do. This is what the world does. If I don't do it that way, I must be doing it wrong. How many people really live a life based on loving and peace and joy? People talk about it, but I don't see anybody do it. I see people preach it, but then I think they're hypocrites because all I see them do is the opposite. So where's our examples? Where's the demonstrations? Are we taught to look to the leaders, the politicians, the whoever in the communities around us and the heads of family? Well, that's what causes so much confusion. Just as Jim was saying, there's so many different voices. What voices or voice are we going to choose to really listen to, to believe, to turn to? And we always know in ILM, we always encourage listening to that voice of God. The challenge obviously is, is that in this world, physically, that is a still small voice. Believe me, if you hear that voice on other levels, it ain't so still and small. <laughs> when you actually experience the voice of God on those inner realms spiritually, it's a whole different experience. It's the largest <laughs> and definitely not still voice. God's loving and creativity in full action and manifestation. Think about it. God spoke, and out of God came all things. Well, that's got to be a pretty damn loud voice if you look at just the physical creation in what's been created. Just the physical, which, by the way, is the smallest aspect of all these realms of consciousness, from the astral to the causal to the mental, and then the theoric. And that's just this physical creation. God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form. So just this void, how big that is. But much larger than that is the actual spiritual creation. And that's the reality, the truth that this pathway is about that we're doing here, that has always been taught, always been done throughout history. This doesn't change. The spiritual action of soul liberation, soul awakening of God's loving and truth never changes. Worlds will come and worlds will go. Universes will come and universes will go. There is the Big Bang, and at some type point there's going to be the big whatever finish of it all and then what where did it all come from and where is it all going that's the part where our focus is where we should be placing our concern for those of you that are really walking this pathway truly dedicated to the spiritual journey of really waking up to know who you are and your oneness with God that's the focus we always do in here. In truth, whatever's going on in the world really should have no impact or concern to anything we're doing on the spiritual journey. That should never change because the spiritual journey never does change. It is always the same, regardless of what is going on, not just in the world or in the universe, but in our own thoughts and feelings. People talk about brainwashing, and you know me, I make all the jokes. Yes, that's what we're doing here is brainwashing. We're trying to wash away all the dirt so that we can see clear, clearly 
what the truth is, what the reality of loving and peace and grace and joy really is. So we've got to do the work to clean up that inner kingdom within ourselves in order to restore that clarity and peace and loving that is already there. That's the thing. It's already there. It always has been. It's just been covered. We've thrown a lot of dirt on top of it. We've gotten buried in our own cave of our own consciousness physically. So in a sense, we're digging ourselves out of all this. The wonderful thing is God has given us the tools to do that. That action of grace is the real action that we're working with. In the tools we've been given, this action of meditation upon the sacred name, on the inner light and sound and God's loving, we know what that is. We know how to do that. If you don't, learn. It's here. There's all kinds of meditations and pathways. But if you specifically want to know the one we teach, as Jim just said, go to our website, come to the classes, learn it. You don't have to immerse yourself. Just check things out. Practice. Do a little bit. See what your experience is. We always say we don't ask anybody to believe in what we're sharing. We're sharing our truth, what we know from our experience. We want everybody to have the same for themselves. We want you to have your own experience that you try things out. You find how that works for you. You find if what we share serves you, supports you, something that you can take and utilize in your own life to live in a way that you would rather live than maybe the way you have been. But that's up to you. We don't have rules and laws in here of how to do that. We just have opportunity and freedom of choice. And that's what all we do here is offer that. As Jim was just sharing wonderful examples of his own process in cancer and the hospital and the impact it had on the doctor, especially right there and all that, that's a great example that people get it. They get the example but it's so intangible that we just can't see it just through the physical actions. But really more, the physical action may be a very small reflection of maybe acting in a calm or peaceful way, acting in a very directed, conscious, focused way that brings peace, that has clarity of vision, that takes steps that are productive, constructive, healthy, balanced, that honors the individual, that honors other individuals, that honors that spirit within all. Inherently within all of us, we know this. It is there. And what we're doing in meditation is opening our consciousness so that we actually remember that which is already within us, to restore that awareness. That's why we call this a path of spiritual awakening. But we also call this path to spiritual liberation. Well, what are we doing? Well, we're liberating ourselves from all that dirt, as I said, that we've buried ourselves in. We're clearing it. We're getting rid of it. But we do it specifically through loving it, accepting it, forgiving it. We don't do it through againstness and judgment. And we definitely don't do it, do it through fear and reaction. Fear and reaction just empowers it. 
it throws more dirt on top of our consciousness, the very things that we are attempting to actually clear or clean out by our reactions. And when we go into negativity, as people would call it, through the judgments, by condemning it, by calling it names, by literally believing it's evil or terrible. When you really begin to realize the power within you, that which you may once have believed or considered evil or negative or bad, when you realize the power of loving inside of you and that it is up to you as you choose into that, you will begin to see and have your own experience of the reality of that and the impact it has on that which we actually call illusion, that fear truly is. But it only has life because we give it that. So if we give fear power, we give it life. If we take back that power to ourselves from where it came that we projected into fear, well, that empowers now the loving within us. As soon as we do that, the fear literally drops away. It is that simple. In meditation, we are literally restoring that power that we have given away to all the illusions, the fears, the judgments that we've created in here through our misinterpretations, miscommunications, false belief systems. We are literally pulling that back and restoring it back into ourselves. And as we do that, pull it out of that which we projected into and bring it back to ourselves, that which we projected into the fears and illusions literally drops away. It dies off. It disappears. When you witness these things on the inner levels and meditation or the dream state, it's quite profound. When you see the truth of that, it'll definitely change your perspective, to say the least. Because then you'll begin to know that greater truth that we share here and that any spiritual teacher who teaches this shares. But it is done through the action of our choice and then the actions we take to follow through on that choice. And that's the big key, is to take those action steps. And in here, we teach a specific form of meditation to act upon, to do what we share in here as far as clearing things out of the consciousness to restore and empower ourselves in the truth of our inner being of loving. And that is really the greater action that we may call initiation or soul liberation, which is another way of saying God's grace. What does God's grace really do? What really is God's grace? People talk about it, but who really knows what that is? This again is why we want you to have your own experience, because we have found it is only experience that can really reveal the truth to us, whether it's God's grace or God's peace or joy or loving, all the aspects of God have to come through our own experiential revelation, and that is based upon our choices and actions. We give the information here, but we don't want this to be a lecture. We don't want this to be a dialogue. We don't want this to be just telling anybody anything. We hope what we share 
gives example, an idea, a direction, so that you can begin to take action and put it to use. That's the point of it. So the action of liberation, the action of initiation we speak of, if you like doing research, go back to the Bible, go back to the Quran, go back to different teachers as we've taught about over the years, whether it's Rumi and Hafiz, whether it's Lao Tzu, whether it's Jesus. At the core of all these different teachings, you're going to find simple key principles. I say simple, but yet those key principles are truly the most profound and powerful. And it always comes back to loving God fully. And yes, loving your neighbor as yourself. Because a lot of this is learning to love ourselves rather than judge ourselves. Learning to love others rather than judge others. But that true loving comes from developing that loving with the truth of God. Say, so God is of spirit. So to truly worship or love God, we've got to go into the spirit. And that's the key in meditation, is the going into spirit so that we can do that. It's more than just developing a relationship with God. It's experiencing the truth of God's beingness. You read the different scriptures, there's always references. As much as things have been maybe changed over the centuries, you'll find references. The word of God, the living word, the music of the spheres, the unspoken name, the sacred name, the hallowed name. Look at the Lord's Prayer in the very beginning. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. That sacred name. Well, God spoke. That's why we speak of the sound of God, the voice of God, as well as the light of God. Here you'll always hear us speak. If you want to have a trinity, we'll talk about the light, the sound, and the loving of God. Key aspects. It's just been forgotten or maybe lost, but it hasn't really. Here we know of it. There's other places in the world that know of it. It's just ba basically at greater at large, out in the masses, that has become more of a mental practice based on dogma, rules, laws. Well, grace doesn't abide by the laws. I spoke even last time about the law and grace. Listen to the last talk. You'll hear more about that. So in a way, I'm continuing from the last sharing we did last month. This action of grace is truly that action of God's loving through the light and sound of the Holy Spirit, through that sacred name or that living word that God has given us, the soul, the child of God. That way, those tools, that which we can truly utilize to do our part, to restore ourselves in that greater beingness and knowing fully, not through belief, not through a hope or a wish, not through trust and faith, but actually through living experience and reality of what that is. And that's what we want to get back to. Because when we have that, all that Jim was just sharing about that inner peace, that's where that comes from. 
That peace doesn't come just because you believe something. Think about it. How much have you believed in something, and the more you try to enforce that belief, because I, I say this because there's a lot of groups out there doing a lot of personal growth, saying the, the more you believe it, it'll become so. How many things have you believed so much that when you try to empower that belief, you get stressed out, it creates anxiety and pressure within you. Let that sink in a moment. Just take a few moments here. Does anything come present? Is there anything you're aware of just even in the last week that you've been trying to reinforce as a pos even as a positive self-improvement, something good even for yourself? Even a positive affirmation. Have you tried to make it so through your own volition? Has that created peace for you or has that created stress and anxiety trying to make it so? I'm saying and asking these questions so that you look at yourself and you know and pay attention to whatever you do and choose to believe inside of you, what it creates inside of you. Therein lies the indicators of whether you're on course or off course from the truth of God's grace and loving. God's grace and loving will always produce peace, calm, focus, clarity, awareness, wisdom, discernment, just as Jim was sharing. So if we want that, it is something we've got to open up to and experience. It is not something we create. It is not something we produce. It is not something we make happen. That is only of the mind, emotions, and ego that do all the other. All the peace and loving and joy is the nature of God. And all we have to do is then open up and move into that which already is the living truth and essence the way it is. I'm purposefully taking moments of pause and still, so hopefully this is sinking in. All we have to do is pay attention and be aware inside of ourselves Whatever we're doing in ourselves, if it creates a push, a stress, a want, a desire, an anxiety, that is coming from the ego. Regardless of what it is we're thinking, believing, how we feel about it, what our fantasies, imagination is around it, and whatever we want in our physical life. If it creates a state of anxiety, that's not of spirit. When it's truly of spirit, it'll always bring peace, love, joy, gratitude, expansion, cooperation, communion. It'll bring embrace. It includes, it accepts. So these are the things we want to pay attention to within ourselves with whatever we're doing in our inner kingdom to see what state of consciousness we find ourselves in. Are we in reaction again? Or are we in peace? 
Because the two are mutually exclusive. They do not exist together. They are separate. The funny thing is, peace will surround and embrace reaction. But when we're in a state of reaction, it literally shuts the door to our awareness and experience of peace. We have to let go of our reaction to allow peace now into our consciousness to experience it which is what we're doing in meditation. In meditation here at the seat of the soul, the spiritual eye, this door that is round that Rumi talks about and open. In meditation, we're opening the door, the inner window, the eye, whatever you want to call it. When we get that open and we are now in that flow of God's loving, that grace of the Holy Spirit is pouring, pouring in us, lifting us, clearing us, as Jim was saying, surrounding us, guiding us, protecting us. When all that is truly going on, because we have simply opened the door and invited it in and made it our choice to step into that, we will really know the difference. And that'll all, that's all that our concern will be. When you're in that, there is no need to have concern for how you feel, what your belief systems are. I know a lot of people don't probably don't like what I'm saying right now, but your belief systems, your feelings, there's just no concern, good or bad, no matter how positive and wonderful your belief systems are or how negative or bad they are. Does not matter. All that truly matters is, is the door open and we are in union and communion with that loving and grace of God? Or are we in reaction and we shut the door to that loving communion and union in our living now in a state of polarity, or I like to say bipolarity, duality? Because that's what this is, left and right, right and wrong, good and evil. When we shut the door through reaction, through our fears, really it's our reactions to fear, judgment, that shuts the door. And then we live in that state of separation and we get all that goes with it. That causes the stress, suppresses the immune system as Jim was sharing, creates panic, and ultimately it creates death. Because in truth, that is a form of death by being shut off from the reality of life itself. As Jim has shared in the past, he was shown by spirit that it was called the walking dead. Everybody walking around the world that has their doors shut and no awareness of their divinity that are living truly in the mind, the emotions, and body and believe this is all there is. They're alive, walking, but not truly living, hence dead, to that which is the truth of spirit that is life itself. And here's the thing, when we can really open to life itself and begin to live in that love and grace, we'll know what it is. It comes with awareness. That's why we point out the simplicity of the peace, the joy. When you look inside, the white light of God, right? The golden white light. Or we talk about the purple or blue and pink. Those are frequencies of God's loving as it comes into our consciousness here. 
when you experience peace, the gratitude, we know what that is. We just have to really keep choosing that and live in that. And the wonderful thing is when you really live in that more and more fully on a daily basis, not only does that become more your norm, but then you'll begin to see what goes with it. I like to call it the fringe benefits. The fringe benefits that come with living in God's grace. You don't have, when you live in that, you're not going to have to worry about what you believe or how you feel or trying to manifest or create the life you want. Where do you think the phrase, thy will be done, comes from? When you live in that state of grace, of union, and loving, God's will is being done. And as we keep our eye on that and live in that, we'll even see our physical life transform, maybe a lot or maybe very subtly over time. But we don't have to concern ourselves with that. Because when we really live in that state of grace and loving, when the time is to be, the awareness we brought to our consciousness of what to do next, where to live, where to move, what should I do about the coronavirus, what should I do about my next breath, what should I, the clarity and awareness comes from that inner knowing right out of the grace, thy will be done. But to truly live in that and have that revealed, we've got to be willing to sacrifice, to give up, to let go and release our reactions, our fears, our judgments, our fantasies, our hopes, our wishes, what we think or feel about things. We've got to be willing to let go of all of that that is of the physical nature in order to create the space for the spiritual nature. And that's what we're doing in meditation with that sacred name of God, that unspoken name of God. You want a good reference? Go to read the Hebrew Bible. You will see literally almost like every other page talk about the unspoken name of God. We need a focus in meditation that is truly towards God, into God, and truly the essence of God itself. That's why Jesus even said in the Lord's Prayer, the sacred name. And so initiation that we share of here, liberation, is about receiving that sacred name that is being given Literally, the physical words, just like we share the hue and the anahue, those are the spoken names of God that begin to awaken us to that spiritual essence of loving right here in the physical body consciousness. That's why we focus here, the hue of man, hue man, hue, the God, the soul, that divine spark of God in the mind in man, in the mind, the emotions, imagination, body, human. So we focus on the hue to awaken that essence of loving right here in the physical. And then if we are really called within, and it's our time that we feel that inner pull,
that it begins to be that part of us that longs to really know God more fully, to awaken to God, to know more the living reality that we share here in ILM, we won't be able to stop it. We will pursue it. We will want to know it. We will keep seeking and searching and asking and knocking and probably even kicking the door down depending on the level of, should we call it aggressiveness or truly the desire to know and experience it. That comes from within. But we've got to turn within to really know what is there and no longer suppress or avoid that which stirs within us that we've been avoiding for so long that we truly seek and desire. That's what we've got to give ourselves the opportunity to search out. In the things of the world, like what's going on now, are the great factors that create fear and panic that literally push us into ourselves. I've seen it over and over that these circumstances like going on in the world or whether it's just personally, totally within ourselves circumstances are actually opportunities to turn within to discover the greater truth of who we are because the greater the fear and the panic, the greater we seek out solution in peace and comfort. And eventually that seeking out that solution and peace and comfort will get us to look to the only place it is. And that's in that action of loving and that inner light and sound. And once we know that, we'll want more of that. And in our continued seeking, we will seek out many things from religions to metaphysics to yogas to all types of things. Some people even go into learning how to do white magic and witchcraft and spells, thinking that's going to create it. There's all kinds of stuff out there. But eventually, we're going to find beyond all of it that is just one simple action, and that's the action of loving. And then it's just learning how we can open and experience God's loving more and more fully. And therein where it's always been given through that action of the living word in the sacred name of God. And once we find that and begin to utilize it, we'll begin to get the results and all the fringe benefits, as I said, that go with it. And a lot of those fringe benefits are not just physical. The physical is really the smallest part of it. Smallest part of God's will, if you want to call it that. It is truly the action of liberating the soul from all that is entangled in the physical body, in the imagination, in the emotions, in the mind. The soul is entangled through all of our reactions, through all of our fears, through all of our judgments. In belief systems, the mind is created. The emotions have reacted to. The imagination has stirred up through its fantasies, both positive and negative, in all that we do and participate in physically. Eventually, it all dies anyway, right? So funny how everybody seeks eternity. Then it's always, you know, like sell your soul to the devil and Dracula and all these things. 
It's just so funny. Eternity on this level is always associated with darkness and dark forces. Because on this level, there is no eternity. Why would we want to live a physical eternity when there's this level of chaos and disturbance and fear that goes on here? There's no winning here. But that's how it's set up. So that eventually we realize that and realize there's only one place to go to truly find the eternity that we seek and the peace that we're truly seeking that comes with that. That's what's going to unfold. No matter how long the journey takes, no matter what we experience, go do all your sinning. Go do all, get it out of your system. Go sow your oats, as they say. Go do what you need, you think you want to do, where you feel unfulfilled. Your bucket list, or in here you've heard me call it a different name. <laughs> Check. That's done. Until there's nothing left. Truth is, that's what we're going to do anyway. And then what happens? We either get bored with it, we get sick of it, we've had enough of it, we don't care about it anymore. Once that happens, we're just not going to do it anymore. But if you want the fast track, start meditating on the sacred name. When you get a taste of that loving, it'll pull you out of all those things you thought it, you wanted on your bucket list. And yeah, there might be a few you still do. But if you do, it's because God's grace wants you there, will take you there to fulfill whatever that is for your soul's journey of learning and awakening. Otherwise, the rest of it will just be dissolved, erased, checked off your list because it's not really there for your greatest good according to God's grace. You've got to be willing to sacrifice and surrender all of your own desires or what you think you want. Travel the world. You know how I started? I didn't want to travel the world. When I started learning about all this stuff and out-of-body stuff and all these ways to leave the physical body and fly around and discover, you know, the worlds and space and the universe at large. Well, I'm like, well, God, that's free. I didn't have money to travel anyway, so what better way to travel than out of body? And not only go around physically, but in all these other realms and dimensions. Was it in God's house or kingdom? There's many mansions. Well, you they're not a physical nature. Well, the physical is just one level. You can't get a plane ticket or drive there. You've got to leave something behind to go there. As I say, that's the ticket. Meditation is the ticket. Actually, the sacred name is the ticket. Meditation is the way. I am the light, the truth, and the ways, Jesus said. The I am is the light, the truth, and the way. And that way is through God's grace of loving and meditating upon the sacred name right from here for the soul, the divine spark that we experience the physical body in to now continue the journey out of this physical consciousness and literally into other worlds and realms that appear much like our physical one, 
but are not physical in nature. There are other frequencies and other dimensions. Just like the physical has its frequencies in the physical dimension, there are other frequencies in these other dimensions. But we have to move there according to the laws, the principles of those levels, which are different than the ones here in the physical. So take the opportunity as it's presented, however you wish. It's your freedom of choice. As I said, some of you are really feeling that inner call and trying to find that way. If you just think it's just simply a sense of peace or centeredness in the physical level, that's the start. But it's only the beginning. If you really want to experience more fully all that we share of, well, then that's up to you to really take now that sacred name, to really walk the inner journey or to fly it through meditation and see where God takes you. Why try to control your life and what you think you want? Do you realize how little bit we actually know? If they're I'll say if. I'm only saying that because if you haven't experienced it, you don't know. For me, I have experienced a lot, so I know, but I'm going to put it out as if, if you haven't experienced it. If there is so much more than just this physical level in a bit you think you know or want to know and experience, would you be open and want to even experience so much more that is potentially and possibly out there through going in here? Beyond anything you could think or imagine or feel or hope for? Well, how are you going to know that potential if you don't allow yourself to open to that and experience that and have a way to do that? And therein lies the choice now that if you're listening and watching what we're sharing, that opens a door. A lot of things we're not aware of or know because it hasn't been brought to our attention. But once it's brought to our attention, now we have a choice. You can't deny it anymore. You have to consider it. And if it's really meant to be, it'll eat away at you until you just surrender and go for it so that you really do experience really that which you are seeking anyway. Because we within this human form do not know. But within the soul that is the divine spark of God, it does. We just simply have to awaken to that. And that is what we offer here, is that way in which to awaken to that so that you can know and experience fully for yourself. And with that action comes the liberation of where everything else drops away, that the soul stands free and clear of all those entanglements until eventually there's nothing left, including death itself will pass away. Death itself will pass away. When you really not just understand on a word level, but when you really know on an experiential level through your spiritual experience that do happen 
in this journey. It'll change all your perspective around death and life here. Because when you know the truth of the eternity of the soul, the fear of death, like what's going around with the coronavirus and the panic, isn't that what it's based on? The fear of death, and so we go into panic, what, trying to get all the whatevers we need for the survival of this body. That's what promotes fear so much, is the survival of this body. The body's going to die anyway. It's just a matter of when and how. So whether it's taken by the coronavirus or just old age, it's going to be taken when it is our time. Now, I'm not saying to be careless and not take responsibility for what's going on like now. Not at all. It's not what I'm saying. This pathway is about taking personal responsibility and in loving your neighbor as yourself. Well, that's part of the honoring to take care of yourself and be responsible and your neighbor to do no harm. I'm not saying any of that. What I am saying is the reality of death and life. Because rea the reality is there's only life. Death itself is an illusion based on fear. And therein lies the panic and the reaction around this coronavirus. So when you're ready to sacrifice all that, you too can begin to have a greater experience of life itself and you won't have the fear anymore and you'll really begin to live in and be that peace Jim described in his sharing in the impact and effect it'll have on others like the doctor. You want to bring a lot of people I know want to be a service, want to do good, want to help people, want to heal people, want to do this and that. Well, Jim just gave you a good example of how it works. But it has to come from within you first. You can't do it for others. You've got to do it for yourself, and then others will get the benefit. That's some of the fringe benefits when I was saying when you do this pathway. Others will get the benefit by your example and what you are living in. And that will literally rub off on them where they'll get the benefit because it'll begin to stir that truth awake within them to really know that loving that is God that bounds the soul. If you want to be bound by anything, bound the soul to God through that Holy Spirit, that sacred name. That's really the truly the own own binding we really have. As much as we say in this physical creation the soul is bound here, not really. It's just an illusion. It's because we just simply have believed the mind, the emotions, imagination, body that we, in a sense, are holding on and holding ourselves here. That's really all we've done. We haven't bound ourselves here. We've just held ourselves here. As soon as we're ready to let go, it all goes away. And then once again, we discover the truth that we've always been bound to God. And we've never not been. So I could go on and on and on <laughs> about the reality of this divine presence and all that goes with it. 
and why we always talk about that, and rarely about the world, but in certain cases like this, we'll go into it as Jim did, but really just as an example, a reference, an opportunity to work what is what is present right now to support you on your spiritual pathway of stepping beyond the reactions and the fears so that you too can really move into the greater liberation and the loving in your oneness with God. That's real. When we say oneness with God, it's real. All the scriptures talk about it. But the potential and possibility to be able to do that and know that while you are still alive is what we are doing here in this action of meditation is to awaken to that and to know that before you actually let go of the body and let go of the illusion of death. Is to know that before then. Most people think that's a fantasy, that's not possible. Well, we're here to tell you it is possible and it is not a fantasy. Jim and I have experienced that ourselves. That's why we share about this. And some of you have as well. And more of you are waking up to that reality pretty regularly. And so we'll just keep continuing doing what we always do, regardless of any circumstances, because it's really ultimately always the same, regardless of what it looks like in this physical realm of chaos and fear.